is to help people discover and experience the life-changing love of Christ. And we do that as uh, we take the pattern of Jesus's life as our pattern for life, and we strive to prioritize being together. We strive to hear and respond to the word of God, and we want to be a tangible presence of grace in our communities and in our world. That's what we're about. And we're in a series right now titled Life Changing. And in this series, we're building the case that Life change can take place, and it takes place in the person of Jesus, that it begins and it ends with Jesus. And we are walking through this belief that as we discover and experience the the life-changing love of Jesus, it will change the way we think, it will change our priorities, it will change what we value, it will change who we are, and it will do that from the inside out, because it's about Jesus, And as we are changed from the inside out, that will impact how we live and our actions and our motives and our attitudes. Jesus will change the things that we pursue in our life. It'll change what we worship. He will lead us into making wise decisions in our walk and our relationship with the Lord. And and what we're not talking about, and I just want to be very clear, is we're not talking about self-effort. We're not talking about falling in line with the the latest self-help plan. This is about real life change that can only take place in Christ. Now, here's, here's what I've, I've been receiving in this series. There are people who would disagree with the very premise of what we're talking about. They would argue that what we are suggesting, that real life change simply does not and cannot happen. The, their argument is we can change maybe our attitude, we can change our behavior, but we are who we are, and that will never change. But I'm going to push back against that because I believe in real life change. Not only have I seen it, not only have I read stories about it, but if you open the scriptures, you find that that is what happens when people encounter Jesus. One such place that I believe we see this is in Luke chapter 19. And I want to invite you to grab your Bible and turn to Luke chapter 19. Uh, You can uh, open up your Bible app, your PCC app. If you're reaching for a blue Bible, which should be uh, somewhere close to you in front of you, uh, in a chair in front of you, it'll be on or around page 743. And there in Luke chapter 19, we find this story of Zacchaeus. Now, how many of you have heard of Zacchaeus before? Right? You know this story probably. How many of you know the song? Zacchaeus was a wee little man. Who's going to come up and lead it? Okay, maybe not right now. Um, No, we're kind of familiar with this story. And what we know is that Zacchaeus was not a great guy, right? He was greedy. He cheated. He stole from his fellow Jews. He was a tax collector. If you remember from a couple of weeks ago, we talked about tax collectors. We talked about how they were employed by Rome to go around and, and take taxes from their fellow Jews, And the Jewish people did not want Rome to be their oppressors, and they certainly didn't want to pay taxes to fund their own oppression. And to make matters worse, the tax collectors would overcharge, and then they would keep the difference, and subsequently they would become rich. And so as you can imagine, people hated the tax collectors. They absolutely despised them, and this was the fraternity to which Zacchaeus belonged. And evidently, Zacchaeus was really good at being really bad. He was really good at his job. He was really good at collecting taxes. He was greedy, and he was good at it. But Zacchaeus was also intrigued by Jesus, so much so that he wanted to see Jesus. He wanted to see this rabbi that everyone was talking about, and the town was abuzz, and we look at what happens in the text of Luke chapter 19, beginning in verse 1. It says, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man there by the name of Zacchaeus, he was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. 
He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short and could not see over the crowd, he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. And what's interesting is that it seems as though Jesus wanted to see Zacchaeus. Look at verse 5. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, you come, okay, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. And then something very interesting happens. While all the people saw this and began to mutter, he's gone to be the guest of a sinner, evidently Jesus and Zacchaeus were having this conversation. And while we do not know what was said, we do know what happens. We know how Zacchaeus responds to this conversation, this encounter with Jesus. Verse 8 But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half my possessions to the poor, and if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Now remember, Zacchaeus was what? He was a tax collector. And as a tax collector, who did he cheat? everybody, right? And so if he was going to give back four times what he had stolen, basically he was going to be very poor at this point. He was going to give it all away, which tells me that Zacchaeus had experienced a change in his life, that things were going to be different. It's also worth noting that Jesus didn't stand up and say something like, today determination and hard work has come into this household. Nor did Jesus stand up and say, today, shame and guilt has changed this man's actions. No. Jesus said, today, salvation has come into this house. Scripture is telling us that this lasting life change can happen, and it happens when we experience Jesus. Jesus has changed Zacchaeus' life. And this should be very encouraging us for us because it demonstrates to us that guess what? our lives can change as well. We too, regardless of what it is that seems to have a foothold in our life, there is hope for us because there's hope in Jesus. So how do we discover and experience Jesus? How's that possible? Well, I wanna talk today about one way, and not the only way, but one way this is possible. One way we can discover and experience Jesus. And that way is to attend your local church. Now, It may sound like I'm getting ready to launch into a 30-minute infomercial, and if you act now, you can get a free set of steak knives, right? That's kind of the way this deal seems to work, but I promise you that's, that's not the case. That's not what we're talking about. The point of this is how do we discover and experience the life-changing love of Jesus? And I believe that not only can that be done at the local church, but it is being done at the local church, and it is being done at this imperfect local church as well. Because we recognize that it is only because of God's grace and his love and his mercy and forgiveness that we can stand together and we can stand before the Lord. So in light of Jesus, let's talk a little bit about the local church. Now, it's worth noting that the church, as, as kind of as we understand it, didn't begin until after the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. It was not until after he ascended into heaven that the Holy Spirit came down on Pentecost, Peter preached, thousands were baptized, and the church began. We see this in Acts chapter 2. It'll be on the screen behind me. It says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. 
Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders, wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. And so how do we, as a local church, how do we help in life change? Well, this morning, uh, from this text and others, I want to just look at four different ways, all right? And and it's going to take a few moments, but bear with me and we'll get through it. First one is this. We, we do it through corporate engagement and expression. Now, the churchy way to say that is we engage in worship and singing and prayer, right? But it's really more than just singing and prayer. It, it's, it's all the different ways, and anytime we have an opportunity to join together and corporately express our love and devotion to God. And yes, you can worship on your own. You can sing and pray on your own. But through the local church, we have a wonderful opportunity to simply do that together. And of course, you have the option when you're here just to observe, right? To come in and just do nothing, and, set, and that's fine as well. But, but when you begin to participate, you begin to give God the opportunity to do some real work in your life, to begin to, to change your heart. Here at PCC, one of the things we do is we sing songs that point us to Jesus, that remind us of his love for us, remind us of how he rescued us, remind us of our need for him, and so much more. And I know, in talking with some of you, that not everyone likes to sing. There's a reason some of you walk in here at like 1022, right? You try to time it just perfect to where there's one last song, and then the meet and greet, you find your seat, and all's good, and people are like, oh, you've been here the whole time. Yeah, Right? I get it, and that's, that's really okay. I'm, I'm not getting on to you, but I just want to encourage you that, that in singing together as part of our worship, it gives us the opportunity for God to speak to our hearts in ways that, that I really can't understand and, and I can't really explain, but it has a way of moving us into a deeper relationship with God because we focus on him. It's interesting when you notice what Jesus did After he celebrated the Passover with his disciples and before he was betrayed in the garden on the Mount of Olives, uh, what Jesus and the disciples did. Anybody tell me what they did? They sang. It tells us in Matthew 26, 30, when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. You think about that? Jesus and his disciples, after the Passover meal, they sang. What did they sing? Don't know but I bet it was good, right? Uh, together, they, they, they did something that, that led them together in uh, singing and, and worship of God. It's something that we get to do together here at the local church. We sing together. We also pray together. Uh, sometimes we say the Lord's Prayer together. Other times we encourage you to pray for, for whatever it is that God has placed on your heart. There's still other times that we, we invite us as a body of believers to pray about one specific thing all together so that we can lift it before the Lord. The idea is that we pause in the service, and, and Daniel led us this morning, that we intentionally focus on God and we invest in corporate prayer uh, together. Last Saturday, uh, a week ago yesterday, we had a day of prayer here at PCC, and, and there were these opportunities that we had for individual prayer and, and praying with and for someone, as well as times of corporate prayer. And it was a great day, and it, had, uh, it was just an amazing opportunity to gather together and pray as we put our focus on Jesus. 
we encourage one another. We worship the Lord together. And that's something that, that we get to do in the local church. And it really is a privilege. And it can bring about life change because it puts the focus on Jesus. As we corporately engage and we corporately express, we get to do that to Jesus. And one avenue in which we get to do that is here at the local church. Number two, the second way the church helps in life change is through message and preaching. I didn't know exactly how to say that. Some of you are going to hear that differently. Now, I've had people ask me, why do I need you to preach to me? Right? I've also had people say, why can't I just read the Bible? And wouldn't it be better, and wouldn't we be better served if someone just read the scriptures out loud to us for a while? And there are times uh, in the sermon prep when it's been a hectic week and, you know, it's just not really flowing onto the page that I'm like, yeah, let's just do that, right? We'll get up, we'll start in Genesis 1-1, and we'll see how far we get after 20 minutes, right? Uh, but... The reason we, we have a message time, if you will, is, is because of the examples we see in Scripture. And it's not the only way, but it's one way, and it's the way in which our culture currently does church. And so we try to utilize that. In Acts chapter 17, we find Paul preaching. And when Paul is preaching, something interesting happens. It, it points to why sharing a message is important. In verse 10, it says this, As soon as it was night, the believers sent Paul and Silas away to Berea, On arriving there, they went to the Jewish synagogue. Now, the Berean Jews were of more noble character than those in Thessalonica, for they received the message with great eagerness and examined the scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. As a result, many of them believed, as did also a number of prominent Greek women and many Greek men. The first thing we see in this text that it tells us is that many people believed. And they didn't just believe in God. They were Jewish people. They already believed in God. What they came to believe was in Jesus. They began to see Jesus in the Scriptures. They'd been searching the Scriptures, and in this case, the Old Testament is what they were searching because the New Testament hadn't been written and put together yet, right? They saw and they heard what Paul was saying, and they saw Jesus in the Old Testament. They... they, They saw it because they went back and they started reading and they were looking and they were amazed. And I would guess they went back and saw certain scriptures like from Isaiah 53 and they read it with new eyes because now they understood that it was about Jesus. They saw Christ shining through the scriptures. And that's one of the responsibilities of a presenter of the scriptures is to help explain and apply and illustrate the scriptures so that we all see Jesus and all that he has done, all that he is doing, and all he has promised that he will do. Jesus, in John chapter 5, verse 39, he's addressing the Pharisees, and the Pharisees were the keepers of the law. They knew the scriptures. They understood what it said, and yet Jesus said this to them, you study the scriptures diligently because you think that in them you have eternal life. These are the very scriptures that testify about me, yet you refuse to come to me to have life. The Pharisees who knew the scriptures, they had them memorized, and yet they missed Jesus. They needed someone to explain to them that Jesus was there. And my role, my job is to do everything I can to get you to see Jesus, to discover and experience him, to hopefully encourage you or inspire you or threaten you or manipulate, I don't know, to read your Bible, right? To look at what I am saying and go back to the scriptures and go, is that true? And to see Jesus coming through, to see his love for you, and to see what he has done. Because 
my role is to get you to put your faith in Jesus, not in me, not in this imperfect church, but in him. And that's what makes us a part of the universal church. And that's why the local church, this imperfect local church is important, is because here, we're gonna tell you about Jesus. And we're gonna tell you about how he wants to lead you into a life-changing relationship with him. And that relationship can begin today and can blend into eternity. That's what we're telling you about, and that's what I try to do. And that's what presenters here, me or whoever is up here, every time we present the message and we preach, is to tell you about Jesus and to make him famous. Number three, life change is also found through relationships. Something we often talk about here at PCC is that we were not made to go through this life alone. One of, one of the reasons uh, our vision includes uh, this desire to prioritize being together is because we're not made to go through this life alone. And we do that in a variety of ways. Uh, we do that here on Sunday morning. Obviously, we're together, right? But it's not just Sunday morning. It's when you grab coffee with someone. It's when you go out to dinner. It's, it's when you spend time together. It's why we emphasize small groups, because that is where we have the opportunity to begin doing life together. It's it's where we really start getting to know each other and investing in each other. And it, if you're not involved in a small group, the reality is if you don't make a connection, then it's going to be real easy to not come back. And that's why we, we encourage you, and again, we kind of beg and plead with you to join a small group, to let us introduce you to other people, to, to get to know other people so that you're connected because we need each other. It's, it's one of the things that we see in the early church their relationships were so important. They focused in on Jesus. They were the cornerstone of everything that they did. Acts chapter 2, verse 42. Uh, again, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. They met needs for each other. If you, you know, continue reading that, that passage, they did life together. They encouraged each other, and they did it all as they put their focus on Jesus. And the truth of the matter is, and I would argue that this is true for all of us at one or multiple points in our life, there are times where things happen in our life and we just really aren't sure if we're going to make it. We don't know if we're going to make it in our job or at school. We're not sure if we're going to make it in our marriage or in our faith or maybe even in life. And I want to share with you some words of wisdom that I was uh, given a few years back in a conversation that, that I was having with two other individuals. One of those individuals was really struggling uh, with their faith. Uh, they, they weren't sure what they believed or even if they believed. And the other person in the conversation looked at that person and said, that's okay. We will believe for you. And that's such a beautiful and to me a powerful statement and it can apply to lots of areas of, in our life. In, in the times of deep uh, questioning and uncertainty and doubt, that people, that, that fellow believers can rally around and gather around and support and lift up and even carry that person through until they are able to once again stand on their own. We need each other. And no, the church is not the only place that you can find relationships. It's not the only place you can find godly, Christ-centered relationships, but it's a great place to connect with other people to connect with broken people like you, broken people like me, broken people who realize that we have a need and there's an eternal value in walking with people on this journey of life and this journey of faith. Because unlike other organizations or groups, our focus is on Jesus. 
And we rejoice with those who rejoice, and we mourn with those who mourn. We see time and time again how we were not created to go through this life alone. We need relationships, relationships with God through Christ and relationships with one another through Christ. And that's available here at the imperfect local church. The fourth way we see the church help foster life change is by its purpose. When Jesus came to this earth, he had a purpose in simple terms, uh, John, or excuse me, Luke 19.10, Jesus came to seek and to save that which is lost. After Jesus rose from the dead, he expanded that purpose and mission, and he entrusted that mission and that purpose to the believers, those who would come after him. In Matthew chapter 28, Jesus said, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you. Our purpose is to not only grow in our relationship with the Lord, but also to make disciples, to express that purpose through our mission statement. It's why we continually tell you that, why are we here? We're here to help people discover and experience the life-changing love of Christ. And if you're not tired of hearing that yet, hopefully someday you will be, because it'll be such a part of who you are that, that maybe you won't get tired of it. It'll, it'll start to excite you as you see that happening in the lives of people. We have this belief that as you discover and experience Jesus, that you will desire to follow him, that you will desire to grow in your relationship with him, and you will desire to share that experience with the people around you. That's one of the reasons we do some of the things we do here at PCC. It's why we have discipleship classes and dinner for eight. It's why we plant a church on the block and we support inner varsity and, and young life. It's why we deliver meals with arm in arm. It's why we put together food bags and hygiene bags at Mercer Street Friends. It's why we send groups to Haiti and to Honduras. It's why we have youth group and events and children's classes and activities. Our mission, our purpose is to provide all of us with opportunities to participate and engage with Jesus to discover and experience him and let your life be changed because of him. You see, there are lots of things that we could talk about regarding the local church, but the things that I've mentioned here this morning, they work together. They work together to fulfill that purpose. Together, we corporately engage and express through worship as we sing and as we pray and as we read the scriptures as we worship together, we build relationships that, that help us see Christ in each other. And we have the opportunity to, to have those relationships grow from here. And then those relationships demonstrate to others with our lives the beauty of who Christ is. And his beauty is very attractive to people. And our hope is that they too, through our actions and through our words, will discover and experience Jesus as well. That's our purpose is to help people find the love of Christ that he has for them in their life and that their lives would be changed through his love. In John 13, 35, Jesus says, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you keep all the rules and do everything just right. No. If you go to church every Sunday and you never miss, and you, no. How will everyone know if we love one another, it's our love for people that gives what we say and what we do credibility, and it's the testimony to the world that we don't discard people just because they're different than we are. We don't discard them if, if they think differently or believe differently. Instead, we embrace them with love. 
We pray that they too will discover and experience his life-changing love because that's what each and every one of us need each and every day of our life. A week or so ago, I was, uh, I was shown the Ewing Public School website, and on it there's the senior spotlight featuring our very own Henry Hutchinson, who's over there. The guys are going to be sure and you know, razz him about that. That's good. Um, and Henry, give him, thank you for giving me permission to share this today. So he knew, he knew, he knew this was coming. Um, in this feature article, it's designed for the reader to learn more about uh, who it's talking about, okay? Some of you are trying to read that. Yeah, good luck right now. Um, part of what he wants people to know about him are these statements that I've, I'm going to highlight out of it. Henry said this, I actively participate in many activities in my church, Princeton Community Church. I help lead middle school youth group as well as the children's ministry, When asked about his activities, he said, my life outside of school is often spent at Princeton Community Church. I'm a regular attendee of the youth group, which meets every Sunday and Wednesday night. He also said this, my church has provided me a family I can turn to when I struggle. They're a constant in my life that I appreciate more and more every time we meet. 18-year-old kid gets it, right? A young man who who is broadcasting to the world that this imperfect local church is valuable, that it's important. It helps meet needs. It helps meet his needs. And when people read this, it gets their attention in a powerful way because the truth of the matter is I can stand up here and I can tout the attributes of the church and how it can be beneficial and how it directs people to Jesus. And people will say, of course that's what you're going to say. You're a pastor, right? But when you do it, it carries weight. It matters. It means something. Because when you share, it draws people in to ask questions about faith and about church and about life and about Jesus. And in those conversations, God is glorified and his church, the big C church, his kingdom grows. And we are encouraged by how lives are changed. And there are so, so there's these great stories that are being written right now. And as I, as I look out here today, I see some of those stories that are being written. And, and there's not the final chapters yet to be written. Some of them are in a really dark, ugly place in your life right now, but God is writing your story. He's showing you how his love can come into your life and it can change you. And they're so very beautiful. And they show that not only can life change happen, but it is happening. And it's happening because of Jesus. The more we see his beauty, the more we see his love and his grace and his mercy and forgiveness, the more we see Christ in our lives and in the lives of others, the more that lives can be changed, the more encouraged we will be. And as people see that our lives are changed by Christ and they see how their lives can be changed by Christ, it is a picture of how the local imperfect bride of Christ, the local church, as we proclaim Jesus, how we can help be an instrument in that life change. Because we want everyone to discover and experience the life-changing love of Jesus. It begins and it ends with him. Let's pray together. Father God, I thank you for this church. I thank you that this church is part of your church and your kingdom. God, I pray that as we worship you, that as we study your word, as we walk in a relationship with you, as 
as we seek to fulfill the purpose that you've given us, that, that you would give us your wisdom and you would give us your discernment. God, I, I pray that you would encourage us to engage more deeply with you, trusting you with all of our heart and our soul and our mind and our strength. Father, I pray that those of us who are here this morning that need to be reminded of your love, that we as a church, we would surround them, we would surround each other, that we would encourage each other and, and lift each other up and that our focus would be on you and on, on you alone. God, I pray that you would help us to seek you in all that is said and all that is done, that you would be glorified, Father, and that, that you would be made famous among the nations. We, we love you, Father, and we thank you. Thank you for hearing our prayers, and thank you for your presence. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. This morning, we want to invite you uh, to respond to the Lord. Uh, through this imperfect local church, we have the opportunity to uh, engage corporately in worship through singing, a song in which we're asking God to lead us to the cross so we can experience his love and so that we can be changed. And maybe this morning you want to talk to someone about those changes that, that you feel like God is leading you to in your life. We want to invite you to respond to him. Maybe you want someone to pray with you or you just want to talk to someone and you want to know more about this local imperfect church. There's going to be people over by the cross that would just love to talk with you and pray with you and encourage you and to walk down this path together as we seek to glorify him. So I'm going to invite you to stand with me. Let's respond to the Lord. Let's worship. Let's sing corporately together as we express our love to the Lord.